Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Football. Energy drinks. Beer. More football. Welcome to Bank at Night. Hey, welcome. 7 o'clock hour, Bank at Night. Jay Binkley, Grant Nicholson producing. Ron Cobb, lead analyst from Arrowhead Pride. Dot com in studio with me now drinking a bag and I am not. <laughs> this is all wow, reversal, Ron. The tables have turned. Yes, uh, no. I, I, this is my go-to, man. It's the go-to right here. As long as you're staying active, it's it's good. It's well, you good need it because there's a lot of stuff. You guys are always on online talking. You're writing stories. You're working on a Elam uh, draft profile right yeah, now. Yeah, I will definitely say that the uptake of these has gone up in the last couple months uh, in draft season. But uh, that's what it's all about, man. I love I love covering the draft, seeing all the possibilities, what could happen. So I'm fired up for this hour, man. Kyrie Elam, by the way, we'll get the corners later. But where do you give him slotted? Because he's got a lot of first round buzz. Yeah, that's the thing. He's definitely going to be in that late first, early second round range. I mean, he may be a guy that you could maybe trade down for a little bit and get him at a good value, but I, I think he's going around that 29 or 30, and yeah, man, I don't know. He fits really well with the Chiefs wanted outside cornerback and uh, played in the SEC, did well in the SEC, really shut Beach down Alabama. Beach loves SEC guys. I know, and he played really well against guys like Jamison Williams and John Mechie at Alabama, so I don't know. I'd definitely be excited if that was one of the picks. You know, it's always the thing, too. I remember when John Dorsey uh, was here. They used to kind of open things up, let us come in. You, you dig this, man. We, we get to go two different groups. Is before the draft. It's different from the media and stuff. You get to go see John Dorsey would talk about the draft process. And he'd show some film and stuff. Usually it was a guy that he has no interest in, which is funny because I right. remember he was showing film on Johnny Manziel. <laughs> and remember when it almost got to the Chiefs picking Manziel? Like, there was no way in hell they were going to take him because he chose to show that that yeah, video. Fallen, so that's well, funny. But one thing he always talked about, and it's so true, who did you play? I mean, that really matters. And that's why, like, last year's draft process, when you're not playing non-conference games, like, just for example, Oregon State was supposed to play Ohio State in the non-conference. Obviously, they canceled that because they just played. I'm not talking about last year. I'm talking about the year before during the right. the weird COVID year where they would cancel games on Wednesday and Thursday. I remember BYU and Coastal Carolina was literally scheduled on Thursday, and they played Saturday. Yeah. Like, BYU had to travel all the way to South Carolina and play uh, – yeah, Coastal they just Carolina. brewed that up out of nowhere, right? Like, that was just... Yeah, it was done. And some of these, you know, it's funny because some of these, you know, games are scheduled in 2031 and 32. Yeah. <laughs> but they can schedule things quickly. I think COVID uh, showed us how fast right. they could... And they were canceling games. Like, on Wednesday and Thursday, if guys, you know, teams didn't make the threshold, it was really frustrating being a college football fan. I remember doing a college football show. <laughs> didn't know who was playing 
or not uh, that week. But he would always watch who you play, and that mattered. Like if you're playing Alabama or if you're playing Auburn, you're playing Ohio State, if you're playing somebody with good receivers. Because I'm sure people look back now at cornerbacks. Who did you, did you play Ohio State? Exactly. Because you get Olave and Garrett Wilson on that team, and you go back and look, did you play Ohio State? What did they do against you? Um, well, that's the thing. I, in the cornerback position specifically, if you're from the SEC, you're playing. I mean, how many receivers does the SEC put out? I mean, you mentioned Alabama, but just any school in the SEC is going to have prolific wide receivers, just any position, honestly. You're going to be going against really good quarterbacks as well, just prolific passing offenses. So, you know, you see a guy like Ahmad Sauce Gardner, the, the you know, the Cincinnati cornerback. Self-proclaimed best corner in the draft. Yeah, but you don't go against those kind of guys every week in the American Conference, right? Or you don't go against the top receivers. So, you know, it, it's kind of hard to balance maybe as, you know, a guy like Derek Stingley, who maybe hasn't been as good the last couple of years. He still has that pedigree where he did look really good in the SEC. So that's the kind of the debate there, the challenge. I'll never forget one guy that's going to be drafted probably uh, yeah, day three. Mario Goodrich, you agree with day three for, oh, yeah, yeah, for yeah. Goodrich? For sure. Played at least some of West locally, played at Clemson in college. Well, I'll never forget when he played high school football against Ronnie Bell. Like, oh, Ronnie yeah. Bell was tearing things up. He won the Simone Trophy. He was a starter at Michigan until he got hurt this year. But that was the best receiver in Kansas City, and that was the best cornerback in Kansas City. And Mario Goodrich had his way. Like, Goodrich was following him around. Although Ronnie Bell had been destroying everybody except at least some of West game. And as I was interested to watch it because I was broadcasting that game and watching Goodrich on Bell. Here's Division One against Division One, And it's funny when you see guys, okay, what did he do against running Bell? Well, clearly Goodrich won the day against running Bell. But 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 Dorsey would say, you know, who, who'd you play? Yeah. It was something he cared about. Then it was interesting when he watched the film, like he watched Pro Days, and he wasn't necessarily watching, you know, the players and three-cone drills and stuff like that. He cared about who was there watching them. Yeah. Like, did they send their GM? Did they send the head coach? Did they just send scouts? And keep right. in mind, some teams complete smoke signals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. one of the questions to a lot of Chiefs draft picks is, you'll hear it, it's always going to be in the uh, the post-wrap-up calls, did you ever talk to the Chiefs during the draft process? A lot, right. And sometimes they didn't. Yeah. Like, no. sometimes they came in for a visit because the Chiefs wanted to get a better look at them. But there are times where the Chiefs didn't even talk to them. That's how paranoid NFL teams are about other teams seeing that. And I'll never forget, I watched that 30 for 30 on Russell Wilson. And they were scared to death the Chiefs were going to pick. And they valued him as a first-round pick, not a third-rounder. And Donald Stevenson is who the Chiefs picked right before him. And they were actually worried about the Chiefs taking quarterback, and they sweated out the draft to get Russell Wilson. Well, that's the thing. I mean, that's why you really do want to get your evaluation of a lot of these prospects done right now or, you know, before this time, because this is when smoke signals. I mean, it's been happening. It's been the season of smoke signals, but it really starts to happen now. I feel like this last month, you know, how about last year, the 49ers? We all thought they were getting Mac Jones because Adam Schefter was basically reporting it and they don't even they don't go with him. Uh, You know, it, it happens all the time with especially with the quarterbacks, but it could be all these prospects. So it'll, you know. When you when you hear stuff about potential Chiefs, you know, being linked to people, it might be kind of a smoke signal more than anything. So we'll see. Here's something the Chiefs could do, although I don't see them doing it. There was a big trade today involving the draft, and I'm glad I'm not doing a mock for the Saints or the Eagles because <laughs> these, these things change. Just like I had to do a oh new mock. Gosh. I got 3.0 coming out next week when I start that draft special. But the Saints and Eagles made a trade. Don't forget the Eagles had three first-round picks. Yeah, 15, and, 16, and 19, I believe. Yeah. And part of the reason because Carson Wentz played 75% of the snaps, so the second-rounder became a first-rounder. The Saints get the 16th pick this year, the 19th pick, already, uh, and the 194th pick in the 2022 NFL Draft. 
The Eagles received the 18th pick this year, the 101st pick this year, the 237th pick this year, and a 2023 first round, 2024 second round. Those are the ones that matter to the Eagles uh, going forward. But it was a signability deal as far as I'm concerned. The Eagles probably didn't have the cash to play to pay three first-round picks, especially top 20 picks. Well, also from the Saints' perspective, though, you got to imagine them loading up like that. You know, maybe they're trying to get multiple first-round picks so they can move up and get someone in particular. They're kind of that team. I feel they, like the Saints want a quarterback. Yeah, exactly. But they aren't they always that team that that kind of you know just kind of goes all out for a guy. You know, they traded they traded up to get Marcus Davenport. They you know they they've kind of sacrificed long term stuff for short term. You know, getting that guy right now, and it feels like they're doing that right now. But I think this also from a Chiefs perspective. This kind of tells you it might be kind of tough to get into that range if they're trying to trade up in that range. I mean, it seems like that's a popular spot maybe for, for you know, just because of that tr- trade we just saw. So maybe it might take a little more to get up in that range, knowing that teams are kind of trading in that spot, you know, that 15 through 19. And we'll get to it a little bit later, but the Packers, the 22 and 28, yeah. I'm, I'm very concerned exactly. about the Packers. They have very similar needs. The Chiefs and Packers are almost in that same boat. Yeah, you know, they lose Edge, Smith, Devontae yeah. Adams, MBS. Exactly, yeah. Chiefs are in a better situation with receivers. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Packers. Packers probably have the worst receiving core in the league right now. If you're, I mean, if you're talking talent, I mean, I don't know how they pay him at this point. They can figure it out because they lost Devontae Adams. Yeah. But DK Metcalf actually makes a ton of sense for the Green Bay. He definitely would. Yeah. The Chiefs and Packers supposedly interested. We'll get the DK Metcalf in a little bit. But how do you how do you like this offseason? season? Because we can look at you know moves like Juju Smith Schuster, certainly a headliner. Justin Reed, a headliner. MVS, a one B type type headliner for the Kansas City Chiefs. And then there's the off-the-radar guys like Jaron Christian, mm-hmm. the, the lineman that could play tackle or guard. I really like this signing for the Kansas City Chiefs. Jermaine Carter, the linebacker, and Ronald Jones, the running back. Not 100% sure he's guaranteed even to make the team this year. But what would you think about as a whole? His pass blocking has always been suspect. So oh, I'm curious. Yeah, he's not a pass-down guy. <laughs> like he and Fournette weren't good pass blockers at all. I think they no. ranked 133rd and 137th on pro football focus. In pass blocking, right? It's a big, it's a big part of the position, pass blocking and catching. Well, yeah, and that's the thing. I think Ronald Jones projects as an early down back, and I think this, what this could tell you, is one of two things. It could either be, hey, we trust Clyde Edwards-Helaire a little more, or we want to trust him a little more to be that pass down back, that third down back, use him more in the receiving game on those screen games, like we used Jarek McKinnon towards the end of last year. But it could also tell you that maybe they just want to give Edwards Hilaire a little push in competition with Jones, and they might be targeting another running back that could still be that passing down back. You know, maybe it's a, a running back in the draft. Maybe they do use one of these eight picks in the first four rounds to draft a James Cook from Georgia. You know, the you know Dalvin Cook's brother. I like him as a big play threat, kind of that receiving back. He was used more like that. In, I like Algier. Algier, yeah, the it's B- BYU, BYU guy back. too. Keep in mind, Andy Reid, soft Ooh, yeah, for exactly. BYU guys. I mean, no, he he gets talked up, so I, I definitely like him too. But no, I, I just think the running back position is is you know it is interesting because I think Ronald Jones with this offensive line, if they really you want want to commit to more of a downhill game, you know, down blocking, power counter runs, Ronald Jones excels at that at, on, on early downs. You know, when you're just you know ahead of the sticks a little more, and I think he could maybe you know if they really commit to that, and Jones has a you know, a good year, feeling good behind that line, like he could all of a sudden be taking maybe the majority of the snaps at some point. So it's a polarizing player. You say he, may, you know, he may not even make the team. You know, it, he he does kind of have that well, high contract. Is, is, yeah, is, is set forth to where exactly if he doesn't make it. You're not no, you're right. Anything I know, and that's the thing. It's a prove it year for him for sure, and he definitely wants to prove it. And I think he definitely has the capabilities to. But I'm very interested to see how they treat the rest of the running back position. I know you asked about some other positions, so I don't know. Receiver is, is interesting. We didn't get to talk about the Tiger kill trade a lot. 
Um, you know, I've got I've gotten to the point where I've accepted it, right? You know, we have to. We're you know we're in this point where it's happened. We're moving on. But do you understand it? I I I don't necessarily because I think if there was just a little bit of money separating them from getting it done and not getting it done, get it done. I mean, he's a Hall of Fame receiver. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame someday. He's he made the offense what it was. But at the same time, I I did I do accept that they got a lot back. They got a lot of draft capital back. If they do get younger at the position and the younger as a whole on the roster, and they really do want to commit to being long term, I love that. You know, but that that means, and we might get into a little more, but that means maybe not going all out and trading for some of these big name receivers that all of a sudden we keep hearing about. You know, because that could kind of just be counterintuitive. You know, all of a sudden you're still paying a, a receiver a similar age as Tyreek Hill. So, yeah, so I just I just want to see how that, you know, as long as they do really commit to a long-term plan where they get younger this year, this offseason, they get younger and cheaper. It seems like that's what they're doing. All these, you just mentioned the Jones contract, you know, very cheap. The Juju Smith-Schuster contract, very cheap. I like that they're doing that. Let's just commit to it. Let's not, you know, all of a sudden make some crazy trade now that we're in this zone right Do you here. think it's a shift? Because when I think of the Chiefs' identity, yeah, yeah, it's always exactly. been Legion of Zoom. It's been speed. That's what you think of the Chiefs. And, you know, MVS is fast guy, four three seven. Yes. He's a down the field type of guy, so you're not missing the down the. And I read something on Mahomes he did with Albert Breer last Friday with Sports Illustrated, and he was talking about the the, the shell defenses they were facing, and he's he's curious if the team's going to play them like that or go back to how they were playing them. But I think they really got used to how they were playing. I remember Steve Young talking about, hey, people did this with our West Coast offense, and we yeah. adjusted to it, just like the Chiefs have kind of adjusted to what they're doing, but it's kind of a seismic shift too because is MVS is a hell of a blocker. Yeah, exactly. And so and, is Juju. And Juju, I remember him laying out Vontez Perfect. Yeah. But he's six one two fifteen and Scantlin's six foot four. I mean, these are bigger I mean Juju plays bigger than what he is. He's listed six one. He plays like he's six three or he's six four. He plays taller. Yeah. He, he's a big body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But the screen game for the Chiefs, it could be more prevalent. And we're not even talking about first-round receiver because I think they still get a first-round receiver in this year's draft. And, of course, DK is always out there, but you got to figure out a way to pay him and if it's worth it to get those picks. But I understand the Chiefs getting the picks, and I do like the wide receiver room at this point. It's only going to get better, but I, I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, I, I mentioned it on Twitter. It looks like a receiver by committee almost now instead of Tyreek being the wide receiver one and the rest of the position kind of filling out wherever it is in their roles. The entire position is now kind of where there might be more specific roles. You know, Juju and MVS might be used in a more specific way. McColl's always had a pretty specific role, but that's why you still hear these rumors about them trading for a receiver. I know it may not be the big name like DK, but another guy like LaVisca Chenault would really fit into the yeah. receiver by committee where he's just an athletic body, a guy that that's going to give you good snaps, you know, be able to do, you know, a lot of versatile stuff, you know, be a, a deep threat, but also just, you know, in the short area, almost be a running back for you at times, you know, he kind of has that capability. So I like the thought of him. If it takes only maybe a, a late, you know, a fourth round pick or something to get him, but yeah, no, but let's, you know, I, I do want to mention the defense though, because I am surprised at the lack of investment in, you know, in the defensive end position and free agency, um, you know, maybe there just wasn't young de defensive ends out there, but you know, you hear about Arden key visiting and they don't bring him in. I like the thought of him. I thought he would be a really good signing, especially what he signed for. in I like he and Ogba. Yeah, exactly. O although Ogba got a pretty big deal. So I understand yeah. that. Um, the Dolphins are paying everybody, but it is just surprising to me that, that we don't see any veteran edges or anything. So it, it does really seem like the whole point to me is it seems like they really are committing to be getting younger and cheaper. And that Justin Reed signing really tells you too, because he was 25 years old. That's not some veteran you're signing to uh, and it's not a very big deal anyway but 
Uh, you know, that, that's a that's a short-term deal for a, a guy in his prime still. The only signings they're making are, are younger guys that, that can that can play better than they have already. They're not paying guys that have already done what they're going to do. So I like that part of it, that they're committing to the long-term plan of it, but they need to continue to do that. So that's why we'll talk about it maybe. But the trading for receivers, some of them I don't know about. Second youngest roster in the AFC playoffs last year was the Chiefs. They're only getting younger. And they're only getting younger, yeah. yeah Justin Reed's an interesting guy to me. Um Maybe you can see Honey Badger light if you want to. He logged at, at free safety 540 snaps in the box 147 slot corner 65. They put him on the line for run coverage 21 uh, snaps wide corner seven snaps not very many and he's also the emergency kicker uh, for the Houston <laughs> Texans. But he brings that versatility you're expecting from safeties that can play the cornerback too a lot like a younger version of what the Honey Badger was. Yeah, that's the thing, though. I, I do want to make sure we qualify the Reed comparison to Matthew is that I do think Matthew had this very instinctual or just like knack for for just being really good in man coverage, like just manning up somebody no matter how small he was, like just covering them pretty well. And I honestly don't think Reed has that same capability, so I would not trust him as much as they maybe trusted him at time, Matthew at times to be in the slot, just you know, man that up and, and be the guy right there. I definitely think I'm more comfortable with Reed playing in the back end more, just playing in a you know more of a, a general box role rather than a specific man coverage role like Matthew was at times. So Reed is a good player. He's just I I Matthew was a, a special player, and I, and I'm glad they didn't. I I like how they moved on, and and Reed's a good replacement in terms of just the safety position in general. Um, so yeah, so I'm I'm good with the position, but I do want to see them maybe consider it hard in the first round. Still, I don't think that's that's undone. It's Rod Cop, lead analyst from RealheadPride.com. Keep sending those service text line nine one three five seven six seven six ten. We'll get to the questions in just a little bit. But coming up next, edge rushers. Do you grab it with your first pick or not? Next, this is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs six ten Sports Radio. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? Bow. 
and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to Big and I, Jay Binkley, Grant Nicholson, producing Operation Ron Cop at Ron underscore Cop K-O-P-P. It's Kansas and North Carolina working out the national title game. Coming up in just about an hour is tip-off for that. See if Bill Self can win his uh, second national title. I'll let you know, keep you updated on the scores. We talk Kansas City Chiefs this hour. There's been Kansas talk all day. and everybody's, Yeah, come on, guys. Let's get the game going. Let's, We're just killing some even. time, right? You know, yeah. get some draft talk in. So Pro Football Focus uh, took their top 100. They have a top 100 board. And of those 100 players, 14 of them are edge. Oh, wow. 16 of them are wide receiver, which is good news for the Kansas City Chiefs. Cornerbacks only had nine, safety seven. So running back only four players in their top 100. And tight ends, too. Yeah, they're top 100 players, tight ends, too. But edge rusher is kind of what we're concerts. what I consider a must pick for 29 and 30, no question about it. I have Boye Mafe in my first two mock drafts. The edge out of the University of Minnesota is really climbing kind of He's gotten a lot better since the well, which is weird, but once football stopped, he's yeah kind of climbing the rank. Oh, Good yeah. combine, great senior bowl. He was named uh senior bowl defensive MVP. So he two sacks in the senior senior bowl really climbing. But you've actually ranked the top twenty edge uh rushers. And I'm yeah. curious what you think because it matters picking twenty nine or thirty if you think you can get somebody of quality, especially if there's a quarterback run somewhere in between, or say Green Bay just goes two wide receivers and then Keeps more edges open for the Kansas City Chiefs. But I'm curious with Aiden Hutchinson and Thibodeau and, and, and Jermaine Johnson, you know, beyond that, that middle ground for edge rushers. And I told you yesterday, out of the top 20 sackers last year, yep. there was 28 of them because a lot of ties. 18 of them were first-round picks. And 12 of them were picks 1 through 15. I know. So the odds are stacked for it. If you're going to get edge, you must get 1 through 15. But – this year's kind of different. Well, no other position in football really does have that same sort of, I mean, you know, you could maybe say quarterback, obviously, or maybe like an offensive tackle compares to it. But you really, if you want produ- productive edge play, if you want a really uh, an actual difference maker at the, at the edge rushing position, you have to pick them high. You can't bank on guys to develop even in the second or third rounds. And that's not, you can't say the same thing about receiver. Receiver, you can find guys in the second or third round and feel good about them. And we've seen it over and over. Um, and so that's why, you know, you, yeah, the Chiefs have needs at receiver. They have needs at cornerback. They need the edge and safety maybe even. But edge is that one position that you really need to spend a high pick on if you want to make a difference maker. And the Chiefs need a difference maker, right? They just they don't need just another body in there, right? They don't need just depth. They need a difference maker. So well, Devontae Adams, a second-round pick. DK Metcalf, second-round pick. Tyreek Hill, fifth-round pick. Look at the best receivers in the NFL. Exactly. Exactly. But let's get into this edge position because, you know, I, I, at the top, it is, it is a little, you know, controversial right now. I think Hutchinson is the number one pick consensus right now, mock draft wise. I still think just off what I've seen, I still think Thibodeau is a better player from, from a perspective of if I want juice off the edge, if I want someone, you know, on a given third down snap or a given pass rush play is going to get me a, a difference making sack. I'm taking Thibodeau, and that's what I want at the top of the class. So I now got, he's sliding right now. I know. Is that fair? I, I don't think it has anything to do with his on-field production. I think it has all the, to do with 
But this is what I keep hearing at Him least. Him starting when you listen, his own crypto company. Yeah, it, like, every every podcast you listen to, I keep wanting to hear someone say something other than that why he's falling. But that's all it is. This it makes sense like. though. Who cares? I know it's it's it drives me crazy. So that's why I want to make sure. Just cares about exactly money. Who cares? Exactly. He 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 cares about his brand. Wow. Welcome to 2022. With every athlete yeah. cares about that. So Thibodeau Hutchinson at two still though, because Hutchinson does seem like he's a, he's such a high floor guy. You're going to get a good starter from him no matter what. Um, and, and if you might get something better, Hutchinson to Jermaine Johnson, and num- number three, I do like him over David Ojabo and Trayvon Walker, who are my Ojabo next two. was hurt with the Achilles, but he was on the opposite end of uh, Hutchinson there with the, uh, Michigan, yes, at Michigan. Sacks. So would have been a top twelve pick, probably. Yeah, and I still, but I'm not even uh, uh, counting that in. I still think I like Jermaine Johnson better than Ojabo. I think Jermaine Johnson just projects so easily to the NFL as that that traditional four three DN. Whether you know, and it seems like he can be a very strong run defender on the edge, while also giving you some juice, giving you some. And he's that former Georgia defensive lineman transferred to Florida State, so you know those Georgia guys are going to give you something. I mean, golly. Um, and so speaking of another one, Trayvon Walker at number five. So that's kind of that first tier for me. And I actually would say the first tier does not include Trayvon Walker. I, he's a freak athlete, but he just, to me, when I watch him, you know, he's kind of that tweener where he's, is he a four, three DN or is he more of like a, yeah, a five tech three, four, or even a three tech. And he's all over the place event. either from top 10 pick yeah. to even falling to the Kansas city chiefs. But I, yeah, and I, and I think which a lot of box having there, I just don't see him. Going yeah. to or no, no, no. I don't even consider him for the chiefs anymore, but that's kind of where that, where it falls off uh, to me a little bit. Um, Cause Coral Loftus for a lot of people is a first round, first round prospect. I like him at 29 or 30 for the chiefs. I think it'd be good value for him right there. I'm um, at the end of the first round, but I actually have someone that is not being talked about in the first round over him. Uh, Sam Williams, the Ole Miss edge defender. Now off field stuff is the main reason he's not maybe going as high as he probably should. Um, and you can look into that. But he is, he's a very good on-field player, very versatile edge rusher, the same thing where he can be against the run very well while also giving you a lot of juice. You watch his game against Charles Cross at Mississippi State left tackle last year. He was giving him the business, and Charles Cross is known as one of the best pass protectors in this draft class at that offensive tackle position. So Sam Williams is going to be that guy that might be available day two, you know, the second or third round. That he's going to be a guy that's going to outperform his draft position, in my opinion, no matter what, and someone that the Chiefs definitely need to make sure they do their homework on. And if they feel comfortable taking him, absolutely take him. He's going to give you some juice off the edge. So that's why I have him at six, Karloftis at seven. Round out my top ten, though, I have Arnold Ebiketti as that next guy. I, I, he's growing on me a little more. He's more of that three-four outside linebacker, or, or you know, you kind of have to put him more as a wide nine um, in the four-three, and, and you know, really have him w- rushing from that weak side of the defense, but. Man, he is a freak in terms of just how bendy he is, how flexible he is, how how he can run under a table. I know that's a cliche draft term, but I love it for him because you can see it. And he's that number eight. He's that he's that the third tier of edge rushers for me. He's he's the top of that. And Boye Mafe and Majai Sanders are right next to him at eight, nine, and ten. So yeah, no, uh, Mafe, you have him going. He's a guy to me that I, I do like. I do like the potential of him. I do. I liked him a little more when he was kind of mocked in the second round Chiefs, Chiefs draft picks. But if you have to take him where you have to take him, if he's valued by the NFL at 29 or 30, then you just have to take him there, right? You can't, you know, you it, it's not some in a vacuum where you can just take him wherever you feel like he's valued. You have to go where the Chiefs or the NFL values him. And so... In that sense, yeah, I like Mafe as a player, and I think he could really fit um, what the Chiefs do. See, I like Karloftis a ton. I, yeah, I like yeah, he, yeah. I like his motor a lot. It's one of these one of these guys. I know that's an often used term too, motor, but really that there is something to it. It just the no quit guy, like a Max Crosby. Yeah, like and, Max Crosby's a a no quit guy. I mean, it doesn't yeah. matter what you're doing; he's coming at you. He'll play hurt. It doesn't matter. Karloftis reminds me of that, like that kind of that edge intensity. 
do you think he falls? Because he's all over the place. I know. And I was listening to uh, NFL.com had a pro football focus on their day, and they gave him as a top five edge rusher. Yeah. The guy there did. But I don't know, man. I mean, I, I would mock him to the Chiefs if I thought he would end up there. Exactly. But I'm not sure that he doesn't go to, like, let's say the Ravens at 14. I know. That's the thing. It, it is a weird thing where at the beginning of this draft process, he was like a top five tops. You know, he was in that top 10 for sure. Like he was the second or third best edge rusher. You know, Hutchinson, I don't think was, you know, I think people thought of uh, Karloftis better than Hutchinson kind of at the beginning of the 2021 season. Yeah, I like Karloftis. I, I think a lot of people don't realize how raw of a player he is. He he came over from Greece to America in high school at some point, and he's only been playing football for that long. And you see how just r- powerful he is as a raw prospect. I'm sure there's a lot a more. Good, to his, powerful is a good way. To yeah, exactly. No, and you can, and I'm sure there's a lot more he could build onto that that we just haven't seen yet. Yeah, I do think there are. You know, I I, I think there are a couple games in the Big Ten last year where he did get shut down, and I actually, you know, you 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 read some stuff. You know, there's some stuff that maybe his opponents didn't respect him as much as you know the the national media you know does a little bit. Um, I, I've seen that. I think Bruce Feldman of the Athletic had had a good quote on. I think it was an Ohio state somebody, but anyway, uh, I, I like him at 29 or 30. I really do. If he's there, it's a great value. And I think he's a, a guy that immediately comes into the edge room and gives you good snaps. I, I mean, immediately I, I would think so. And he can develop into something a little more. I would think. So the bottom line is before we move on to uh two wide receivers in the next segment, 29 or 30, do you package anything like that or a second round pick to move up to get one of your, top five edge rushers or are you satisfied with somebody between the five and the top 15 slide to 20 or 30? No, that's a good question. Cause Carl Optus, I would not trade up for, I don't think he's worth like giving up draft capital and giving up, you know, premium assets potentially to move up to 15 or whatever. If you have to pick him there, I think he's great value where they are the guy. And it doesn't seem like he may fall. Um, but I think out of those top five or so draft picks, not, not including Ojaba now that he's hurt, I think Jermaine Johnson could slip maybe into like 13, 14, 15 range. And he's a guy I would definitely trade up for. 29 or 30 would land them enough points in the uh, Rich Hill uh, trade chart, which does Jimmy Johnson uses. Well, he, Jimmy Johnson yeah, had yeah, one, yeah. but more and more teams are using Rich right. Hill. Let me ask you about Ojabo real quick. Yeah, yeah. All right, towards Achilles. I mean, here's the one thing about it. I've seen so many teams <laughs> – go really high first round on a defensive lineman or edge, and yet there was somebody else on defensive line getting drafted as well. And sometimes you think about the attention drawn to somebody else, and he's the beneficiary of the attention drawn to somebody else, and obviously Aiden Hutchison. Yeah. But, again, you could say it's, well, maybe Aiden was, was, was you know, because Ojabo's production wasn't that much behind. He only hit 11 sacks, and Aiden had yeah. 14. But – I guess you really want to look at medicals if he's going to be able to play because they need somebody on day one. I know, and that's but the he's thing. Incredible value. I know, and, and and that's the thing. It's it's kind of a balance. Like how much do you want to trade up for him? Because I would be in favor for getting Ojabo. Uh, I don't want to say no matter what it takes, but drafting him. And I do think if he slips to you know in the twenties or so, if you have to trade up a little bit to get him, go get him. Even if he doesn't play in twenty twenty two, you are the Patrick Mahomes Chiefs. You are never going to get an opportunity to draft a guy that should go top ten as an edge rusher. Uh, you know, top 10, top 15. You're never going to get an opportunity to do that while Patrick Mahomes is your quarterback because you're always going to be drafting this late in the first round. This is your one opportunity to do so. That's why I really like the thought of Ojabo. But I don't want to I don't want to trade up and and because the me- medicals are a thing. And, you know, tearing your Achilles, there's no guarantee you come back the same player. So the Chiefs I, are usually really concerned about medicals, but they gave exactly. a free pass for Trey Smith and it turned out to be a 
good free. Yeah, pass. sixth round though. That's the thing. I and, mean, it, exactly. you got second round value. Yeah, maybe even first round <laughs> if we redrafted it. To be honest with you, if they do redrafts in like four years, he'll be a first rounder. Oh yeah, yeah, he's a first rounder right now. I, yeah, he's, he'll be a first. He's one of the best guards in the league. League already. I mean, yeah. he really is. And Creed Humphrey will be a first round pick as well. That's Ron Cop, lead analyst, MurrowheadPride.com. Coming up next, wide receivers. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. And welcome back to Big and I, Jay Binkley, Grant Nicholson, producing the operation. Rod Cop in here talking Chiefs. A lot of your questions. I'll get to the questions in the final segment of this hour. The wide receivers now on the clock. As I mentioned, Pro Football Focus, they had 16 edge um, in their top 100 draft prospects. They had 14 wide receivers. And we mentioned Devontae Adams, second-round pick. DK Metcalf, second-round pick. Tyreek Hill. Antonio Brown was a fifth-round pick, too. Or a sixth round was Antonio Brown. Yeah, yeah. But, but anyway, you can get what good wide receivers, not just in the first round. Now you can get explosive wide Jamar Chase. You know, he's dreaded well, fifth overall. Yeah. And he's a total stud. But I really like I've been mocking Christian Watson. Yeah. Who is showing up and now in the first round. I, I've seen him even even today going like twenty two. That's the highest I've seen him mm-hmm. going to the Green Bay Packers. I told you there's four big reasons I like him. I like six four, two oh eight. I like number two. I like the fact that he blocked a lot. He was in a block-heavy offense at North Dakota State. Yeah. Uh, three, he can return kicks. He, yeah. he was the only FCS player to have two kick returns to, uh, two years ago. Yeah. In that, in in the other one, he you can use you on jet sweeps. You can use him wherever. But I love, love, love his physicality. I mean, I know highlight tape films is about your highlights. Dude, his highlight tape is unreal. But one hand, just his hands, yeah, the way he moves his body. But I just like his potential. Maybe I, I fall in love with draft picks, and I don't waver on him. He's one of them. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. He he seems like he has the build and the speed where it's like, how does he bust that hard? And actually, and he's four three six. When I yeah, exactly at six four, whatever he is. And honestly, when I watched him, something that came to mind to me. I think this might be his floor, and maybe it's a little high for a floor, but I think Martavis Bryant, what he was in the NFL, I think that's what you get baseline from Christian Watson, like this this bigger, you know, not a big body, but Watson's a bigger body than Martavis Bryant. Bryant was just, you know, pretty skinny, tall, very fast vertical threat. I think Watson at his baseline immediately in the NFL is giving you that vertical threat that can win a jump ball, you know, down the field. But I do think he can develop into just an overall wide receiver one. He has the build. He has the athletic score. I mean, he had one of the best combine in terms of relative athletic score compared to what he his size is 
ever in, and a good in combine history. I can see him on post. I can see him on hitch. And I definitely think he's your nine-route vertical route guy as well. Like exactly. I can see him in the interior catching passes, and I can see him as an MVS type, you know, break the coverage downfield guy. But that and that's the interesting part of that too, right? That if they do draft a guy like Christian Watson, their receiving core is a bunch of bigger guys, right? You that know, are all fast. Yeah, and that are all fast at the same time. So it kind of give it kind of tells you even more that they're transitioning to this period. Zimbias and him would be mid four threes. Yeah, it's the Legion of Zooms. While also being able to capably come in and maybe block an outside linebacker yeah. or block a safety, you know, in the box. So yeah, no, it is really interesting. It'll it kind of tells you because if they go another route at receiver, if they want to pick another guy. Like, you know, if Jamison Williams falls to them or just one of these smaller Z Z receiver types, the faster types, maybe it tells you that they still want to find that kind of receiver, but maybe MVS and Juju are just their baselines. They want to complement them right now with some bigger guys and maybe find these electric guys in the draft. Maybe. Who's your uh, top three receivers in this draft? Let's see, because, yeah, that's the thing. This, this receiver class is so good. A guy like Christian Watson is at number nine for me. Mm. Number nine, and I really like him. I just told you his floor is Martavis Bryant, which, I mean, golly, if you can guarantee that in the NFL, you're taking him. But my number one wide receiver, I've been very strong in this take. Um, I, I, it depends on where you look. I feel like he's kind of a polarizing player, but. My number one wide receiver is Garrett Wilson, the Ohio State wide receiver. I like him over Olave. I think Garrett Wilson can just do it all. Agreed. He seems like a very safe prospect to me. I, I, I get the vibes of like a Michael Crabtree with a little more juice to him where, yeah, he's not this, this he's not the bigger body, but he plays like he's a bigger body. I was shocked to hear that he was under six foot and about 183 pounds. Well, it's all combine. about Olave this year. Yeah, exactly. Mind, Jameson Williams used to be at Ohio State. I know. How crazy is that? You look at their wide receiver room, but the one thing is it was going to be Chris Olave's year. And to be honest with you, I think Njaba is the best receiver at Ohio State. He had oh to come gosh. back this year. He was the one that had 95 catches for 1606. Garrett Wilson, 70 for 1,058. 16.9 yard average for Jackson Smith and Jabe. Yeah. And uh, Garrett Wilson's 15.1. Yeah. I mean, Garrett got him on the touchdowns, but I'm telling you, I think their best receiver is still at Ohio State. Yeah, but I, I do think you're right. I think Garrett Wilson, I think Olave and Garrett Wilson have both kind of to an extent, like, uh, you know, just because of how many receivers they have, they probably could have been utilized even more than they were at Ohio State. Um, but I, I like Garrett Wilson as my number one receiver. My first tier of receivers actually is three players. Garrett Wilson, Drake London is my wide receiver too, and Jamison Williams is that third wide receiver. Okay. Those are my first guys. I really think Can't those are the elite of this class. Chris Olave is that first receiver in that next tier for me, though. I really like Olave. I actually was lower on him at the, as the process started, but the more I've thought about it, the more I've looked into him, he just you can just see him become, you know, he's just going to fit in so well as just anybody's deep threat, anybody's just polished wide receiver from that Z position. So I have him at number four. Trail on Burks, though. He's a guy that is that is I, I can see him winning in the NFL, but I could also see him becoming LaVisca Chenault T where he just becomes kind of a gadgety guy that never gets used well enough in, in the wrong offense. And then we don't really hear from him in a well, here, few years. Here's my thing so. on Traylon Burks. That was my number one receiver going into the season. Yeah. That was the guy that uh, I earmarked for the Kansas City Chiefs six, four and two, yeah, right? 30 pounds going into the season four college football season began. Yeah, I, I think he even tweeted about him. Like this guy looking yeah. for the Chiefs, but you know, disappointing forty time at the combine. Things change a little bit because now you see other six four receivers tearing things up. Well, and that's the thing you keep hearing because 
because you say the four five five speed and people say, oh, well, for his size, that's still really impressive. But that's not the point. You still need to just be fast in general. It doesn't matter if you're relatively fast to the same size. Look at MBS, six four four three seven. You look yeah. at Christian Watson, six four four three six. And it's not like you got to see Burks in college get used as a traditional wide receiver. Arkansas really used him in a, in in more of a gadgety role or just more of a you know a role where he has a bigger these, version of Debo. Yeah, exactly. And and that can succeed in the NFL, right? If he goes to the Chiefs. I, I will bet that he has a very successful role in the Chiefs offense. Andy Reid's going to find a way to make him a really good player. But I'm just saying, in general, as just a general player, if he just doesn't get utilized right, I could see him just kind of flaring out a little bit. So he's he's dropped to me a little bit. I still has my number f- number five wide receiver because I do like him still over like a guy like George Pickens. I Pickens is that deep threat guy. He's my number six wide receiver. He's more of a deep threat guy. I could see him translating the NFL, um, you know, pretty well. The only thing is I, I just I, I do think there could be some concerns with him and just anything but, you know, that intermediate to deep threat. You know, you do have to win at the short areas of the field. You know, you do have to be that quick change of direction kind of guy in some spots. And, you know, I think that's something that he could work on a little bit. Jahan Dotson from Penn State. I really like him, though. I, I do. You know, I actually heard Mike Tannenbaum, former NFL GM, compare him to Marvin Harrison the other day on a, on a podcast. And I thought that was fascinating because he's that smaller guy that has really quick feet, really good separation ability. And is also faster than you think. Like I think Jahan Dotson, some people don't consider him this like kind of speed throw where he can beat you down the field or like kind of, you know, create separate, you know, he's fast. He is a really fast dude. He ran in the four threes. I mean, he's definitely a guy I think could kind of replace some of that big playability that Tyreek gave you if you do draft him in the first round. So I, I, I think that's, and, and Watson and Sky Moore are right there with me too. I think that's my first round talent with nine guys there. I like Sky Moore a little more than Christian Watson. I don't. I. I. I've. I've thought. I've thought about him a little more and more. Sky Moore is that kind of you know a, a a polarizing player because he's a small school guy who went to Western Michigan. Um, you know, a former quarterback has only been playing receiver for a few years, but he's already so technical with his route running. He's already so explosive. You can tell. And I do think that former quarterback stuff plays in. I do think you can tell he's a very, uh, you know, he's a very cognizant route runner. He's really intelligent. And, hey, I'm going to wait for this corner to turn his hips here. And, boom, I'm breaking so I get the perfect amount of separation. I really like Sky more the more I looked into him. And he's a guy that uh, I wouldn't mind the Chiefs taking at 29 or 30 either. But it might be a little rich for him. Just beware, though, because I was a big fan of uh, the or, um, I was a big fan last year in the draft of Dwayne Eskridge. Yep, exactly. Who won the second round from Western, Western. Michigan. And he's uh, – He's 10 catches last year, 64 yards. The jury's still out on Dwayne Eskridge. Ron Kopp from ArrowheadPride.com. Your questions next. This is Bink at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast of the City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Mark Kopp here on Bink at Night. Jay Binkley, Grant Nicholson producing the operation. Ron Kopp, lead analyst, ArrowheadPride.com. Doing a great job, as always, on with us tonight. What do you got coming up on um, Arrowhead Pride? Well, yeah, we talked about the Kyrie Elam draft preview uh, dropping. That'll be coming soon. But, no, our team's got so many draft profiles, man. We got Marcus Jones. We got Boye Mafe. We got uh, Cameron Thomas. We got Devontae Wyatt. Previews all coming out this week. Kyler Gordon just came out on Monday. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's going to be exciting. Here's some questions to the text line. Jay Southland and Toe Service text line, 913 576 Seven six ten just came through just now. Uh, think the Chiefs can get Mafe and Dax Hill at twenty nine thirty, then Logan Hall at fifty. 
I mean, definitely possible to get both those guys at 29 and 30. Daxon Hill is definitely someone I think the Chiefs will be interested in because of his safety and cornerback versatility. Played a lot of slot cornerback at Michigan, so he can kind of give you that slot role. And then Logan Hall kind of gives you that that three-tech and that edge. You know, he's kind of that tweener where he can kind of give you both. And I will use this opportunity real quick to shout out some of my guys because that's the thing, Chiefs fans. We have like th- we have three or four actually. You know, a lot of guys in the draft process that are local prospects. And Max Stoll at Mill Valley, the tight end. Yeah, Lucas Kroll. Lucas Kroll. Lucas Kroll. And yeah. How are your guys? Yeah, Lucas Kroll from Mill Valley got a, actually an official Chiefs uh, top thirty visit. But another tight end, Garrett Prince. Shout out. Uh, you know, I threw him a few touchdowns in high school, so it's cool to see him from UAB. Um, he's he's working to get drafted this year, but also center from Temple, C.J. Perez, and cornerback from Liberty, Duran Lowe. All three guys went to Shawnee Mission Northwest around here and then also went to Butler Community College after and then moved on to D1. So it's really cool to see them striving for it. I've been talking to them recently. They're all excited. They're pumped, so it'll be fun. Also here on the uh, the text line, uh, Devontae Wyatt, did he, did, he, did he go to local JUCOs or was that uh, Trayvon Walker? I think I don't. I don't believe Dante, Devontae Wyatt did, but I could be wrong. I know. Um, I don't think Trayvon Walker did either, but I'm not sure honestly. But yeah, no. I, the local JUCOs. I mean, how many prospects did the local JUCOs put out? The, no, he did. Hutch. Devontae Wyatt did go to Hutch. Nice. Look at yeah. that. I mean, so many. I mean, you know, Butler does a lot of them too. But it seems like Hutch has got a good amount. Yeah, Cordell Patterson went yeah. there, and so did uh, um, Demarcus Lawrence with the Saints, Butler. Uh, uh, um, Oh, I think I know. Oh, yeah, you're right. Oh, Alvin Kamara. You're Kamara right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. All right. Uh, here's another uh, question uh, from the text line. Who's going to be wide receiver number one that leads in all purpose yards this year? Her, uh, Hardman, MVS, Juju, or other? That's a good question because other is, very, is a possibility, right? I think they, other we could, could be a possibility. Yeah, we could definitely see them pick a guy early and he could definitely step in and be the alpha. You know, right now, I think Juju uh, projects to be that guy because I do think Travis Kelsey is still going to be your number one target in terms of, you know, primary receiving yards, receiving touchdowns. But I think Juju is really going to complement tra- what Travis does and, and, and really, you know, feed off of that the most out of the other guys. Harmon and MVS are going to be more big play guys that are used in a limited capacity. But Juju will probably rack up the most all-purpose yards, I'd imagine. We didn't really get the cornerbacks, but uh, Ron, who are your top three corners? In yeah, this year's draft. I know the cornerback position is kind of a, you know, polarizing just when you talk about a guy like Derek Singley Jr. So good as freshman year at LSU yeah, in 2019. There. Yeah. And I, it doesn't seem like he's, he's very coveted as that number one guy anymore. And, you know, I think if he was able to go to the draft the year after his freshman year, he's probably the number one pick. So I still have him as my number one corner. I just think that talent's still there. Ahmad Gardner does deserve that number two spot. Sauce. So, yeah. Sauce Gardner. Love the name just for the oh, name. Absolutely. Itself. Uh, and Trent McDuffie does deserve that number three spot. I think his climb has been um, has been deserved. He, he definitely looks like a, an NFL corner. But I think I have Kyrie Elam right after him. I have Kyrie Elam as my number four corner, and that's why it might be you know an exciting pick at twenty nine or thirty because I do think he's at the top shelf of the cornerback position in this class, a, a, above a guy like Andrew Booth Jr. from Clemson, who I think is getting coveted as a you know as a, a top pick in the draft at corner. I like Kyrie Elam more than him. Um, they're very they're both really good players, but. I like Kyrie Elam more um, as a first-round pick, so he's my fourth corner. Here's another one for you, Ron. Chiefs have 12 picks. How many did they make? Ooh, 12 picks. And so if you consider all of that, you consider some of the draft capital they they used to trade up, and you consider the history of Brett Veach only trading six or only making six picks at a time in any of his drafts, I'll say eight, only two more than he's ever made in his draft history. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I like Hitman 12 picks. Obviously, six in the top 103. Four seventh rounders, though. I mean, yeah. you got to... You know. Yeah, but that's the thing. Yeah, he's 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 probably gonna keep some of those maybe, but trade away the top four picks to move up in those top four round. You know where where even if he doesn't move up in the first round, there's a good chance he'll move up in the second round into that maybe that thirty to forty range and make three picks in the you know that twenty to forty range. Kind of like that. You know, even if he doesn't move up in the first round, they're gonna be moving up no matter what. Just depending on what round it is, we'll see. Will this be a year for the Chiefs to throw another dart at a tight end? Because Fortson's back, Noah Gray's back, Blake Bell just signed back, Travis Kelsey, are they content this year and maybe go tight end next year? You know, that's an interesting thing. We were talking about the run offense earlier, the offense, I guess, maybe evolving a little bit. It also is evident in how many tight ends they're keeping on the roster or, you know, signing Blake Bell again when they already have Noah Gray. So, you know, maybe they really maybe they really want to stack that tight end position. You're right. Maybe they do uh, take a swing on it. I wouldn't think so. I think tight ends that position, you can kind of – you know, Noah Gray, I think, is going to fill that tight end two for you in the future. And so maybe you draft a tight end down the road to be that tight end three to develop into Noah Gray's spot. So, no, I would not like to see tight end pick unless it's my guy Garrett. Shout out, Garrett, again. When's the uh, next uh, Arrowhead Pride uh, mock podcast? You guys so, yeah, we record Thursday night this week. Uh, it will come out Friday morning. But, yeah, they got me recording two podcasts a week. Uh, draft talks more about mock dra- uh, mock talk, but then draft room dropping every Monday. Me and Brian had a great show this week. We just talk general offseason chiefs and just general draft talk rather than the mock. So yeah, look for it Friday morning in your podcast network from Arrowhead pride. Awesome stuff. Ron cop lead analyst, arrowheadpride.com at Ron underscore cop K O P P. If you have draft related questions, keep an eye on his Twitter account because he is all over the Kansas city chiefs and who they might pick yes, sir. in this year's 2022 NFL draft. You like being called Sauce Grant? Because I always thought that was kind of your nickname, Sauce Nicholson. You always thought that was my nickname? Yeah. Why do you think that's my nickname? Grant Sauce Nicholson. I mean, I'll take it. That's a yeah. killer nickname. Yeah, we've been talking about nicknames. Would you take Sauce? I would definitely take Sauce. I don't <laughs> know if it makes sense, but it's a killer nickname. No, I'd say it rolls off the tongue, Sauce Nicholson. It that's kinda, right. That's right. That's what I'm right. talking about. Yeah, that's right. I like that's it. Right. I like it. Let's go. Step aside, it. Sauce Gardner. <laughs> I'll keep I'll keep you updated on the game that's going to tip off in 20 minutes between Kansas and North Carolina. More Chiefs talk when we come back. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. 